Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Kaiser Show. It's great to have yet another fantastic guest with us today. So our guest here is, uh, well, another, someone I work with. He comes from, I believe, the Toledo, Ohio. Yes, sir. Uh, he's currently married and has a wonderful daughter. He graduated from Kent State in, uh, what, 1780 or? Oh, my God. Hold on. 2009. 2009. Dang. Oh, God. That... <laughs> 12 years now um but yeah we've worked together at the amazon for the past few years and yeah welcome andy great to have the andy spielman here great to be here on the legendary wade kaiser the common kaiser (laughs) show uh before we get into anything i want to remember the training uh neither wade nor myself speak for the company all of our (laughs) opinions are our own and we are in no way uh, facilitated with our, uh, you know, public relations team. So dang, let's do wow. that now. Straight out of OLO. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I guess we'll begin with the warm up. So you ready, Andy? Oh yeah. All right. First question: What fad or trend do you hope never comes back? Uh, chains on the wallet. Just, you might be too young for that, but anybody uh, over 19 will remember chains on wallets. Just awful. I've seen them before, but I don't think it was popular enough yes, for me that, to... That was a thing back in the day. Ew. All right. What is your favorite genre of book? So I, I was an English major. Um, I'm very big into uh, just American literature. Uh, Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books. Uh, of mice and men is another good one uh so just early american or just modern american i just like american Mm, classical yes um what is worth spending on more to get the best a bed uh you spend i forgot what the what the statistic is but it's like 70 percent of your life uh in bed or sleeping so if you're looking for uh something to spend money on spring for the spring for the pillow top get Get a bed. Get a nice one. Mm. I like that answer. What is your most interesting childhood injury? Okay. So I have never broken a bone. Really? Uh, Never broken a bone. Uh, Probably most interesting. um, I have, I, God, what was it? I got a a concussion. Uh, I was uh, riding on the handlebars of my friend Derek's bike. And he got a little loose on the back tire and he went down and landed on top of me and my head hit the, uh, hit the street, hit the asphalt and concussion. So I was at eighth grade. I think that was, that sounds about right. So, yeah, it's, That was a good one. Ew. All right. Cool. 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 What is the most annoying habit that someone else can have? <laughs> uh, God, that somebody else can have. Um, being a loud chewer. That's I've never <laughs> just somebody that just because you never know how loud you chew, and it's usually up to somebody else to point it out to you. But yeah, somebody who's a loud chewer is is pretty bad. That tends to be a very popular answer. Really? Yeah, nice. most people tend to say that people who chew with their mouth open, just or just loud, mm. like a jaw click or something like that. It's pretty bad. Ew, gross. All right, tell us a cheesy joke. Oh, God, we do these at work every night. Um, <laughs> right. 
I threw this one at Ted, and he kind of blanked a bit more than I wanted him <laughs> to. Ted had a book to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> my one of my favorites is uh, why doesn't an elephant pick his nose? Because he trunk hurry shit. <laughs> because it is hard to hide a ten foot booger. Ew. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, that's a that's a boo. That's my go-to. <laughs> I guess speaking of stuff they do in sync, uh, what's the most you've ever won on a lottery ticket? Uh, hundred bucks. Oh, uh, wow. yeah, it was a it was a cash word. So the one that looks like a crossword puzzle, won a hundred bucks. Put it in my gas tank. That was about it. <laughs> I cashed it in and then immediately uh, filled up my car. Phil just got one gas tank out of it. I think I got two. I think I ended up buying dinner. I was up in Toledo. I actually remember it because I. It was the most I've ever won. Yep, mm. cashed it in, filled up my tank. I think we bought dinner on the way home, and that was about it. There you go. What is a TV show or movie that you refuse to watch? Okay, so I, I'm a big movie and TV person. The one I refuse to watch is The New Girl because no. I hate Zoe Dez Channel, or however the hell you pronounce her name. She <laughs> reminds me of... Uh, my high school girlfriend. And oh. I just can't. Her, my ex-girlfriend and I get along very well. I've been married for eight years. Uh, it's actually my ex-girlfriend's birthday today, which is funny. Oh, happy um, birthday, Andy's ex-girlfriend. Happy birthday, Andy's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's. I just I can't tolerate Zoe Desh Channel, so I refuse to watch that show. Yikes! Well, just I got a got a bit more than what I bargained for just, there. <laughs> I had a reason. <laughs> there you go. What is something that you would rate 10 out of 10? Something that I would rate 10 out of 10. Um, uh, All-time favorite vacation. I uh, recommend this to everybody. Is uh, For our honeymoon, my wife and I, we did an Alaskan cruise. Um, Inner Passage, uh, Kitchikan, Juneau, Icy Straight Point, Glacier Bay. Um, huge huge fan of that vacation we recommend it to everybody uh we did it was norwegian cruises we were on the pearl uh would recommend that to everybody 10 out of 10 food was great scenery was awesome saw whales saw dolphins hmm. it was a great time a bear just walking around <laughs> you were uh, on the boat when you saw the bear right we were so we did a uh a whale watching excursion so it was me and my wife uh the captain of this small, it was a local company that we had chartered through and uh, yeah, just a couple small boat, a couple of guys, a couple of people like that. It was like three couples and the captain. And we just drove by this little Island and we just, there was just a bear with his little cub, just walking around, just doing bear stuff. <laughs> so it was really cool. So if anybody gets the chance, if you're looking for a vacation, Alaska, great time. Mm. How many years ago was that? Okay, so my wife and I got married in 2014. So we got married in January. We did our honeymoon uh, late April. I think we went, it was like the 20th, 21st, something like that. Hmm. So, yeah, April 2014. There you go. Cool, cool, cool. What job would you be terrible at? The one I have currently. Uh, oh, dear God. No. Um, Yikes. I'm so sorry. Uh, what job would I be terrible at? So I went to school. Uh, I, was a, I was a teacher. That's what I went to school for. And I, I was junior high in high school. Uh, what I would be terrible at is 
teaching anybody younger than junior high and high school. Uh, mm. I had a lot of friends that were early childhood uh, education majors and not something I have the patience for. I substituted uh, once I moved down to Columbus and I, it was funny. So I signed up for a, uh, a shift and it was being an elementary school librarian, which just fell under the teachers for some reason. Okay. So I was like, Oh cool. I could be a librarian in elementary school. Just kind of hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that the librarians actually taught classes at the elementary school. Hmm. So, uh, we had a, I had to sub in for a computer class for kindergartners and was absolutely in over my head. Uh, I had a, a guy or a little kid come up and ask why my eyes were so angry. So <laughs> that was that was fun. And then I remember a little girl came up and uh, she goes, well, I need to use the potty. And I looked at her and said, okay, cool, go. That's and then <laughs> she, the, the six-year-old had to explain to me that she needed a buddy to go to the bathroom with her. And I was just going to let her just roam the hallways of the school in Worthington. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That does sound something you say, yeah, all right, cool, just, just go. go for it. Uh, yeah, elementary school teacher I would not be good at, with, which is fun because I have a two-year-old. So we'll see how that goes in the next couple of years. Yeah, well, that's what mom is for, right? Yes, that is what mom is for. <laughs> I love that. All right, should daylight savings time be a thing? I think that's coming up next week, right? I think it is next week, is it? Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I know it's for far- it's for farmers or something like that. I have no idea. Uh, Sounds about right. No, just leave it because we're not – like Indiana doesn't do it, so I don't know why Ohio does. Oh, they don't? I I'm, knew uh, – I think it's like Arizona doesn't do it, right? I know. I don't – I remember – Something like God, that. God, this was junior high. We had an L- or we had a, a cross-country camp uh, in Indiana. We went away for a week, and we had an hour time difference between us in Indiana and, mm-hmm. you know, where we were, where we were from in Toledo. So – no, just just cut it. Just be over. Shut it down. Be done. I agree. What fictional universe would you like to live in? Oh, God, that's a, actually that's a very good question. Hmm. Um, so the the nerd in me just wants to say Harry Potter, <laughs> even though I don't understand how that universe works. So the, these kids, you know, you're at home. And you've got electricity and you've got like a TV. So you're like watching TV and then you go to school and it's candlelight and like quills and ink and paper. Mm-hmm. Like, get out. But <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably go in that direction. I don't think I'd necessarily be a wizard, uh, but like. Be like a mudblood or a like muggle I, or. I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be a muggle, but like I just imagine like living in London and I think that would be kind of cool. So <laughs> just I just imagine everybody in Harry Potter land is just. It's just England. It's just England. England all over the world. Even though there's like, oh, they come from France. or It's all England. No, it's all England. Europe is Europe. <laughs> I love it. It's all England. You've seen one, you've seen them all, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Just, okay. Just a big fan of that. I respect that. I got two more. Was the moon landing fake? Uh, no. <laughs> So I, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. No, uh, surprisingly, but no, the, the moon landing was not fake. We didn't have the technology back in the '60s to make anything remotely able to to do that. And no, we totally did that. Fair enough. All right, final question: What is the best compliment you've ever received? 
God, I get so few. Um, so modest. I'm trying to think. What is the best compliment? I ask everybody this question, so. Uh, hopefully everybody struggles as much as I do, because yeah. I really cannot Some people are quick. Others, they drag it out. Uh, best compliment I received. Um, I was told, good job, uh, by one of my former bosses, who Wade knows, uh, Charlie. Actually told me good job one day. I don't believe it. And he, <laughs> Charlie, was not not big on praise. Uh, so being actually being told good job uh, for something was nice. So I'm just gonna go with that one. Wow, there you go. I, I don't I don't believe it. But I got a hearty right. good job, and that was the best compliment I ever received. <laughs> <laughs> don't expect much from Charlie, right? No. Oh, that's great. I think I ran into his younger brother a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, well, if you work inbound, Doc, will you chime me like your brother did? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, are you kidding me? He's passive aggressive. <laughs> I actually saw Charlie. Uh, he was back in town. I was driving home with dinner yesterday, and uh, he was walking his dog. Um, and I, when I got home, I, I sent him a text. I was like, hey, man, skip the park. It's full of kids. <laughs> and he chimed back. He sounded. He was like, what the hell? Uh, so yeah, he said it was packed. They did like a trunk or treat at uh, the park near the house and he was getting ready to walk the dog, but it was packed. So I think he turned right around and went to a different park, but yeah, I saw him yesterday. Just driving by. What a dude. Speaking Charlie, of people, good, good man, Charlie stack. Speaking good of guy. people who haven't been on this podcast yet that said they wanted to, but anyway, the guy's just trying to get him. I know. Right. Just, Charlie's too busy for us now. What a loser. That's what it is. Right. Well, Andy, that's all I got for the warm up. Congratulations, good. you I survived. Like it. Yeah, fun. some nice, quick little questions. So, we we'll be back after a brief mention of our sponsor to hear more from the Andy Spielman. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for being here. It's been an awesome experience so far. So, I guess I don't know. We'll just start from square one. So, you're from the Toledo. So, what's what's all the hubbub up there? Or lack thereof. What do they do? Lack thereof is the is the thing now. Um, it's, it's coming back. So I grew up in a, uh, it's funny. So I grew up, I went to the same elementary school that my dad went to. Uh, he bought the house that we live in now. Uh, he grew up five blocks away. My mom grew up five blocks away on the other side. So my parents are still there to this day. They've been in that house for health 40 years, I think oh, at this wow. point. So they've been there forever. Uh, when I was there, you know, when I lived up in Toledo, we had a great little neighborhood. We were able to like ride our bikes in the street, uh, you know, play basketball, play kickball in the in the street, and that's not really what it is anymore. Mm. Uh, my parents' neighborhood's gone down quite a bit. Toledo in general's just come down quite a bit uh, since since I left. We moved down here, my wife and I. Uh, 10 12 years ago something like that i graduated in 2009 so we moved out here 2010 so 2010 so it'll be it'll be 12 years here coming up shortly um and just hardly ever go back anymore it's just sad um everybody's moved out i mean if you're if you're looking for a to get a house for cheap toledo is not a bad spot uh there are still pockets that are good but it's just there's not a whole lot going on. And then going to a, quote, big city uh, like Columbus mm. is getting there. Um, it's just it's just weird going home again. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I'm from Akron, so it's like the, I guess, opposite side of Ohio. But I kind of feel similar-ish. Like, nice neighborhood growing up. It's still fine now. But, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm here and not there. So And I, I am familiar with the Akron area. What part of Akron were you in? Springfield. Okay. So, yeah, so I, cause I went to Kent. Yep. I did, uh, 
I did some student teaching at North okay. High School. So um, it, it is true any school named after a direction is one that you should try to avoid. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. But I think right around North, actually, that's where they built uh, one of the facilities. There was a Swenson's right across the street that I was super stoked about. I used to mm. sneak out and go there for lunch. Uh, yeah, no, I actually used to, well, Swenson's, is it newer down here? Because I thought it was only up there, and then I, there's, like, one right down the road from yes, here. Yes, it is. I think there's there's two now in Columbus. Uh, there's one up by Polar, up by Topgolf, actually. Yep, right, right next to it. And then, yep. Yeah, there, there's the one here. But, yeah, it was only a Cleveland Northeastern okay, that's Ohio thing. Actually, my uh, my roommate, uh, one of my best friends from college, actually worked there. Mm. Uh when he was in school, uh, those kids make very, very good money uh, running food because it's pretty much just all tip based and you just run. So you can turn, turn and burn cars. So mm. it was good money for him. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what got me the Swansons. Yeah, no. Well, that and uh, Sheets, they just put one in over there as well. I don't know if you stopped by the Sheets. I have or not, but have I Have you ever had to. it before? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. they, they built one right down the road uh, from campus. Uh, so there was, there was a couple times of walking home, uh, that I would stop in at sheets for mm. a quick, for a quick, a quick pick me up snack, uh, you know, two, three in the morning when you're, oh. when you're walking by campus. Yep. Um, but yeah, I knew, I, I know there was one just North of Columbus up on 23 up in Delaware, but that, I actually stopped that a little while ago, but I haven't been to the one down here yet. But gotcha. I'm yeah, excited it's... for the gas. That's how we get. Uh, that's how we get down. Is we get excited for new gas stations. <laughs> that that's the local flavor, you know. <laughs> Freaking gas station. But I mean, whenever things close at three in the morning, and yes. I'm still on my night shift schedule. I don't know. I know the, the one of the people that work in there. I see them. They know me by now. They're like, "Hey, how you doing?" But to be fair, the first time I met them, I went in drunk. Like, "Oh, I gotta buy some beer." Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I that's, forgot my wallet. Like, how can is, you forget that guy? That's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so growing up there, like, how how is your family? You said you have both your parents. You have any siblings? Yeah. Uh. So yeah, grew up both my parents. Uh, I am the middle of three children. Oh, okay. I have an older sister. Uh, Sarah, she is, oh God, she was born in 82. So, oh shit, she'll be 40 in April. So I got to remember that one. Uh, then I have a younger sister, Ashley. Uh, she is, I was a senior in high school when she was a freshman. So I think I'm three years, three or four years older than she is. Sounds about right. So, uh, only boy. Uh, I've got two sisters. I've got... six girl cousins so i am the only boy and yeah so how was that <laughs> it's it was fun i got away with everything uh we grew up uh the house i grew right. up in was a three bedroom so i never had to share a room mm-hmm. i had my own room from day one um which was cool uh but yeah i just got away with a lot <laughs> The middle child getting away with everything. That's kind of rare. Yes, and I, I do have extensive middle child syndrome uh, as well, though. Just I got away with a lot being the only boy, but my younger sister got away with a lot being the youngest. Mm. And then my older, the the tester kid, uh, she got away with a lot, too, just because. But So, yeah, I had the unique experience of yeah being the only guy and uh, also having severe middle childhood syndrome. <laughs> What what would be some things that you would say are attributes you possess now because of this middle childhood syndrome? Ooh. So, 
I I don't want to say I don't take criticism well, but and then usually the the rule is anything you say before the word but is absolute <laughs> bullshit. Yes. Uh, so I don't want to say I don't take criticism well, but, but I always think that I'm right and will typically try to argue with that. Mm. Um just the the innate sense of, well, that's not fair. I think I've gotten better with that over time, but every now and then I'm just like, well, I should have gotten mm. my way and that's mm. not fair. So mm. as a 35 year old, I still, <laughs> I still throw that tantrum from one middle child to another. I get it. Yes. <laughs> so about like hobbies and sports growing up, like you're the only middle, well, middle boy child. So like, I guess you did, well, I don't know what you did growing up. Hobbies and sports. Um, so I was, and this this probably will shock no one. Uh, I was in high school. Uh, I was very nope. big into theater. Okay, which is fun. I just like being in front of people and talking. Mm. So I did. Uh, I did theater in high school. Uh, musicals. Uh, was very musically inclined. Uh, I was in the choir. Did band for a couple of years. Um, ran track for a little while. Um, yeah. Ran and sang and yelled. That was about it. Uh, I was a good student. I studied. Uh, I don't want to say I studied. I got good grades. Uh, I was on student council. So I was mm. I was that kid. What was your uh, position in council? You the president uh, or like the secretary? I was I was vice president um, of of student council. Mm. Uh, All the glory and no work. Pretty much <laughs> up until my I didn't actually I actually did not run my senior year. Uh, oh. I did I did post secondary, so oh, I did classes okay. over at the University of Toledo my senior year. Mm. So I was never like out, quote on campus at the high school. I showed up like halfway through the day. Uh, <laughs> you were one of those students. Had one class and then and then would leave. I love that. So it was like your uh, I don't even know in choir what you'd call it, like bass tenor. <sighs> I, I soprano. I, I, sang, <laughs> I sang tenor. Okay. Uh, when I was in high school, up until up until my voice dropped, mm. um, I actually I was in the Kent State Men's Chorus. Uh, oh, when okay. I was in college. I did that for three years, uh, and I was a baritone. So that in between mm-hmm. bass and tenor. Uh, so yeah, I was a tenor. Okay. I, I guess I can't really see you getting your voice that high up there, but I'm sure if you tried, not, not so much anymore. Mm. Uh, back in the day, I had I had some range. Gotcha. And then what was your favorite play or show or musical to perform in? Ooh, um, my junior year, we did Anything Goes. Uh, I had the lead. I played Moonface Martin. He was a gangster that dressed up like a priest. If anybody has a chance to go see Anything Goes, it is a good show. Never uh, seen it, but I'm sure it's great. So yeah, did I think I was in my senior year um, for the for the dramatic play we did Our Town, and uh, mm. I had to lead in that, and that that's a dense play to get through. Um, I had to, I mean, I read it ninety times, and I still have absolutely no idea what <laughs> it is about. Um, but yeah, we did Our Town. It was fun. I have seen Our Town before, and I must admit, I saw it when I was in high school, so I was critical of it. It's. <laughs> like what is going on here? it was one of those shows where they don't have props yes so that yeah no props um yeah it was it was fun um so the way my uh the director of the high school plays uh shout out to uh mrs harrison 
she would she kind of would know who the leads were going to be and just kind of pick a show around who she knew the talent was going to be. That's so fair. the show was actually centered around uh, a girl I went to school with named Sarah. Uh, she was the stage manager, mm. and she had a lot to remember. And yeah, and then it was me and a girl named Jessica. We had the two child leads technically we were both in high school we were both we both played high school age characters mm. uh so well you were a guy so don't guys normally get whatever part they want because there's not many males in theater <laughs> yeah more or less more uh or less. I, I did uh i was in the play all four years at high school so i was oh. kind of i was gonna get that lead fair enough i'd been real pissed if i hadn't but i did so that's all water under the bridge from 20 years ago <laughs> i don't know i'd be pretty pissed about it if i were you bro 20 years ago and then what you mentioned you ran track so what was like your events you like a cross country yeah cross distance? country uh i did the i did the mile what's your best time oh god uh going back now I, I broke seven once but okay that was that was a hundred years ago now not i'm not nearly not nearly that fast now when did you do like a half marathon a few i feel like you mentioned that once. i did i did the uh was that the, yeah the columbus half marathon um i did that let's see my daughter was born in 2019 so yeah april 2019 i did the half um if anybody gets a chance it was a very nice course um mm. but I'm, you're a distance runner, aren't you? I actually was a sprinter, but I mean, I really, yeah, believe it or not, that's what most people say. But I just assumed, I don't know why I would assume that you were a distance runner, but sprinting mm. was not something I would have guessed. Blockier white guy, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like, I wasn't gonna go in that direction with it, but that's what I was thinking. I, yeah, we were all thinking it, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I did a half. Um, I've got an immense amount of respect for people that do full marathons. Uh, but I don't like driving 26 miles. So I yeah. sure as shit don't want to run 26 miles. Um, well, I'm pretty yeah. sure like the story behind why a marathon's a marathon is like, I think it was like some Greek battle they lost or something. And the guy ran to go warn the King and he went, ran 26 miles, told him and then dropped dead. Yep. So if someone's going to die after running that, I'm sure his shit ain't doing it. I actually think it was, yeah, the Battle of Marathon, which is where it got the name. Oh, that uh, would make sense. But, yeah, just like, – I remember uh, finishing up, and the way the course ran is, you know, right at, you know, you run out 13 miles, you come back, and then the other mar- – and then if you were doing the other marathon, you just kept going straight. And there were people going straight, and I was like, I'm about to die. <laughs> I cannot imagine doing this again right now. So making that left – uh, for the for the home stretch of the half was a lot of fun. It is mm. it was disheartening to have people finishing the full as I was finishing my half, but <laughs> those people are freaks. They can so. have it. Yeah, that's yeah, more power to them. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what was your first job growing up? Ooh, okay. So I usually count two. So my dad actually owned a convenience store uh, down the street from my house. Oh. Growing up. So not really, I mean, he would, you know, he gave me 20 bucks to go in there and stock the pop and stock the candies and move boxes around. But my first real job, uh, I worked at the Toledo Zoo 
in the mm. concessions department. So making French fries, hot dogs, hamburgers mm. at the Toledo Zoo. Started when I was 14 years old. Made $5.25 an hour. I bet that was a lot then. Was that or what was was that their minimum wage? Minimum then? wage was f- minimum wage was 5.25. Oh, well, uh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I back think when I was like yeah. minimum wage was $2 or something. 5.25 at 14 years old. So, yep, worked there. All through high school, perfect high school job, perfect college mm. job because you know when I was when I would go away for college, you know, come back school was starting back up. I'd come back in the winter. We'd have winter stuff. Come back in the summer. Had summer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, worked there. When I graduated, worked there for another about another year uh, before coming down here with the wife. Actually, where my wife and I met was at the zoo. Mm. So we have a strong strong connection to uh, to the zoo. We try to go to zoos whenever we go on vacation. We mm. just we're zoo people. What's your favorite animal to see? Favorite animal to see. I was like penguins. Penguins. So when we uh working at the zoo, we always we had a uh, on our name badge, we had to put our favorite favorite animal down. So I used to always go with the penguin, um, and then we would uh when I got older, we would find just funny animals mm-hmm. to try to get past our HR department. Uh, right. So there there was the jackass penguin. Mm. So I, I tried getting that on there, and she said no. Her name was Julie, was our HR girl. Uh, she said no. Uh, there was a hog chalker that my friend had. He said no. I actually got Bushmaster uh, to go for a <laughs> summer, uh, but tried doing it again the next year and was told no. Uh-huh. But I do have the name badge still in my parents' house that says Andy S. Bushmaster. That is great. So <laughs> my claim to fame from the zoo. Got was away getting, with was it. Get, was getting that one through. Oh man! If you can get it by HR, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that thing you said at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. We, I do not speak for the company. Oh, uh, gotcha. But uh, you said it was a good college job, all that. So, what? You went away to Kent State, studied. Uh, it was just mid education, high uh, school ed. Technically, it was integrated language arts. So, yeah, oh, uh, gosh. seven to twelve English. Uh, I minored, minored in English uh, with a focus on American lit. So. Gotcha. So then what what was the what, what did you do for fun at Kent State? Did you just get on your typewriter on the weekend and then <laughs> no, stone and chisel. What did I do for fun? Um yeah, so I mentioned I was in choir. Uh so we did that. Um had a good time with that. What did I do God? I did college stuff. Uh in a frat. I was not I was not in a fraternity. Oh, I was fifty fifty fr- on you. I had friends that did oh thank you. Uh, I've been twenty five seventy five now. I get that a lot, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I wasn't in a frat. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty laid back in college. Um, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I just kind of hung out. I mean, I had a couple guys in the dorm that I would hang out with and play video games with on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't a huge drinker. Uh, I don't want to say that I didn't drink because I definitely did. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, once I was, I turned twenty one. Like we'd go out on the weekends, a couple nights, uh, up until my. My senior year just got a little, just kind of hung out. Uh, student teaching. So the way student teaching works is you have a sixty-hour week job in which you do not get paid for a single second of it. So mm. my weekends, uh, my senior year, were typically just spent grading papers Ew. and things like that. So I had a good two-year run where I had the full-on college experience before, before having to come back down to earth, prepared to be an adult. <laughs> Fair enough. What are some best tips and practices for college students to get through college? I know it's changed probably a lot since. Well, you graduated in '09, so 
you at least like use a laptop or something. I, I don't know. I did. I did have. Do we use a laptop? Yes, I did have. I'm a sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that laptop. way, but God, uh, wheeled around a desktop or something. Best tip for college students: um, just find what you find what you want to do. Like I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher uh, up until pretty much like two months before I graduated, but I was already pretty much pot committed at that point. Uh, and then, you know, coming out, uh, I, when I graduated in 2009, uh, it was the, the height of the housing crisis. Mm. So, uh, public education money went away very quickly. Mm. Uh, you know, job, job cuts left and right. Uh, so I never really got a, a massive foothold into my, you know, profession I went to school for. Um, but yeah, so I would just suggest, you know, find something you're passionate about. Don't, don't necessarily stress the student loans. Cause like everybody's got them. Like I've still got, I think between my wife and I, we still owe a, a healthy amount mm. of student loans, but everybody's got them. So don't stress it out that much. Have fun is really mm. just what it is. Uh, not too much fun, but have fun. <laughs> have enough fun, but not at your own expense. I right? mean, that's the, like, it's, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I started school with that just never finished because they were like, Oh, freedom. And then just, stop going to class like you can you can do both i graduated with a good gpa and still had a blast like having you know had a girlfriend through college uh you know just was able to go out and still pull grades mm. so all-nighters aren't that big of a deal so what tv show do you refuse to watch because you dated this girl in college or is this the same uh, one that you're married it's the to same one i'm married to now. oh oh gosh so, i'm in trouble now no, <laughs> no yeah same idea imagine though all right um so you said the last two weeks of college that you weren't so sure about your major. Would you have like second guesses and all that? I think it was just looking at the, just looking at the landscape of the country at the time mm. where, you know, I had, so a fun statistic. Um, so I was the only guy in my major. So there were, that. there were 26 of us. I was the only guy, uh, you know, with, with 25 women, um, of the 26 of us, I think only four are still teaching just because mm. it's just of when, of when you got in, um, it was hard to keep seniority at the same time of them cutting classes and them cutting, mm. you know, just cutting funding for schools and cutting teachers. So just looking at it and talking to people that I went to school with that were much, much smarter than I am or than I was and much better uh, teachers in my opinion that I was going to be and them not being able to find jobs and then looking around being like, Oh shit, this is not <laughs> going to be fun. Um, yeah. And then it's kind of doing the math of I'm going to owe X amount. I'm going to be making X amount. It's going to take me Y amount of years mm. to pay, to pay everything back. Uh, but yeah. So did you not teach the first year out of, yeah. So I, uh, when I got out, I uh, over the summer I worked at the zoo. Um, that winter I worked at the zoo. I uh, scored a job at Libby High School in Toledo, Ohio. Um, in God, right after Christmas, so January, um, you scored a job there. I was a long-term sub. Um, what happened there was, you know, took over. Um, was there uh, up until the end of the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so was there until the end of the year. So it was, uh, April, mid April, uh, I got called into the Dean's office 
And, um, yeah, just a quick, you know, follow-up. We did one-on-ones the same way we do, you know, with Amazon. And it was handy. You know, you're doing a great job. You've acclimated well to the school. Um, you know, we're going to have a position opened up next year. How would you like just to stay on? And at the time, I thought that was going to be my dream job. Uh, Libby was a school in the same district that I went to. Um, it was I was staying at my parents' house at the time. It was a two-minute drive from my parents' house to oh, wow, to the high right school. There. Uh, which was awesome. Um, so he goes, you know, it's nothing official yet, though. You still have to quote interview. He was like, you know, the job is yours. Uh, that happened on a Thursday. Uh, that Monday, the school board met. There was a $38 million budget deficit for Toledo Public Schools, and mm-hmm. they closed the high school I was teaching at down. <laughs> so I went from, you know, full-time job to full-time job offer, to technically unemployed in two months uh, all within like a 96 hour period Hmm. um so yeah so having that happen you know right out of school while you're you know you're paying your loans it's just a it's a that's a gut that's a gut punch to anybody so Hmm. that kind of that kind of disheartened me off the whole process gotcha so then you went into management after that or so then we uh so my wife and i or my wife was uh she did a semester uh, at Ohio State, she, my wife graduated from Ohio State. She actually stayed in the Toledo. Ohio State. The, I'm sorry. Yes, my grandma, my wife graduated from the Ohio State. So she, uh, she took a sem- I don't want to say a semester off. She did a semester of all online classes up in Toledo, and then she needed to come down here to finish. Um, teaching down here had a lot more prospects than teaching in Toledo did. So I, you know, we moved down to Columbus. I was a pool sub for Worthington City Schools. Uh, for a year, I was working pretty steady. Um, I took a part-time job as a cashier at a Sam's Club. Um, I actually took that out of spite, out of an argument I was having with my wife. Uh, <laughs> beginning of the year, you don't sub a ton, and you know money was tight. You know we mm-hmm. were. She was still in college. I was not making a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, you know, fine, screw it. I'll just take a job being a cashier for a Sam's Club. Uh, so I did that. So I was teaching and cashiering at the same time. So I'd get up at six o'clock in the morning to go to school, not get home until eleven o'clock at night after closing down the Sam's Club in Hilliard, sixty three oh eight, right here on Hilliard Rome. Okay, yeah. Uh, shout out to Jen, my old GM. Uh, <laughs> so did that uh, while subbing, and then Worthington that summer, uh, they got integrated with a like a subbing company so instead of having like four or five pool subs we were working every day in one district they went to 600 subs in like nine different districts in columbus so this the the pool got oversaturated so you couldn't find jobs subbing uh so from there i ended up going full-time at sam's club selling cell phones okay and then i was friends with the with two of the managers uh at my at my club and they recommended me for management so i was actually a retail assistant manager for about two years okay all right god and then from there uh they're what we call the hunger games they did it every (laughs) year for walmart and corporation uh they cut 1200 jobs in 600 stores and mine was one of them damn so from there i transferred to a walmart distribution center which got me into logistics Mm. Uh, was at the, there's a, 
a grocery building just south of Columbus. I was there for a year. Then I came back closer to home in Grove City for two years. Then I left there, went to a company called Zulily. I was there for two and a half years. And now I'll be at Amazon for two years in January. So that was a roundabout way of how I came from Kent State teaching elementary or teaching uh, high school to being an Amazon area manager. Dang, yeah, because I knew you'd kind of, you studied teaching. So it's like, how does someone who studies teaching get into something like logistics management and all that? So and that, that'll take me back to: Do you have any um, you know advice for college students? It doesn't matter what your degree is in. Just. 99% of the time, just get your damn degree mm. and everything else take care of itself. Not that you really need a degree in our, you know, in our line of work. Um, there, you know, there are a yeah. number of managers that we work with that don't have degrees. So if you're looking for, yeah, they don't, they don't really care. Like I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Tyler, a guy we used to work with was a finance major. Uh, Charlie was a psychology major. Yeah. So yeah, no, what was your true. degree? Uh, actually mine was business management with a focus in operations. Okay. So well, hell, I mean, I, I guess I got what I paid for, but so yeah, so you were fine. Uh, but who knows, maybe 10 years from now, I'll be a teacher or something. You never know. And, and it, it all kind of bounces around. And I tell people all the time, you know, how does your degree, you know, uh, you know, go into what you're doing right now. And all my degree was, was being able to read something, explain it 20 minutes later and manage people, which is all any job really is, especially in our field. Our field is, you know, moving boxes, but it's, mm. it's the talking to people thing. Yeah. That does it. That's fair. So how is like, whenever you got into management or even teaching, I don't know which one you want to go with, but like, how is the first year adjusting it? Cause normally they say the first year is the worst year of adjusting. So my first year, uh, my first year teaching was really wasn't that bad. I got lucky. The the school or the, the classroom I took over for in Toledo, I had freshmen and seniors. So the freshmen, just if you didn't want to go, they just felt they all cut. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have any troublemakers in my class. And then the seniors, if you had made it through the school I was in for four years, um, yeah, as a senior, you know, you actually needed me to graduate. So they were very, very attentive. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky there. Um, the The biggest adjustment I had was going into uh, going into you know logistics, working for Walmart. I was on the uh, front half day shift, so I was God, I was twenty five, twenty six years old at the time, hmm. and I was working for people that had been with the company longer than I had been alive. So I'm sure they held that against you. Yeah. So like, they oh. looked at me like, you know, who the hell is this kid, you know, coming in and, you know, I'm, I'm writing people up for production that have literally been on a forklift longer than I could have driven. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that was an interesting, that was tough. Um, I definitely kind of had to, I was used to, I don't want to say talking down to people as a teacher, oh but my there's, God. Yeah. there's yeah. inherently that, that respect that's built in with, you know, between teacher and student or sort of respect that should be built in. Yeah. That doesn't really apply when working yeah. for a warehouse where they looked at me and I'm in my button up and sweater, my khakis, you know, and they're in gym shorts, you know, 90 degrees on a, in a, in a trailer, you know, throwing boxes around and I'm sitting there telling them how to go faster. So I definitely had to learn, um, you know, thick skin and being able to learn what I was talking about before expressing that I knew what I was talking about. So you had to have your process. I had to learn the process inside and out before I could sit there and go with somebody. Mm -hmm. And that probably taught me or that helped me 
That was that was my biggest adjustment, probably my first year. Mm. Gotcha. What would you say is harder to uh, keep under control, a classroom of students or a production floor of associates? Production floor full of associates, <laughs> 10 times out of 10. So uh, school's easy to get through. Um, you know, if I, had a, if I had a student that was just a pain in the ass and I couldn't deal with them, I would just call the dean. You can't really – I mean, you could technically do that where we work, but they just look at you funny. Like if you can't handle your management team and you have to call your boss to come deal with an unruly associate. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to do your career very well. Um, mm. Also, uh, just just with what the with what the landscape is right now, um, having to uh, balance, you know, the the need we have for our workers and the appreciation we show, while at the same time finding that balance of needing to discipline and needing to know what battles to fight, mm. I think was definitely definitely been an adjustment the past couple of years. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I'm like between Walmart and Amazon. Do you feel like that battle's a little harder at Amazon, or I? It's tough for me to say. Um, when I was when I was with Walmart, Walmart had a lot of and still does. It's a lot of tenured associates. Mm-hmm. So the turnover in my building, we were in, it was in Washington Courthouse. So um, it, a big manufacturing area. There was a couple of places down there. There's a dog food plant down there uh, from mm-hmm. Mars. Uh, Kenworth's a paper company that was down there. Um, so the associates that I had at Walmart, I mean, had been there for a while. I was not their first manager. Uh, I was mm. not going to be their last manager, and they all knew that. Mm. Um, so my, my turnover there wasn't as bad. So, and, and both of those provide different challenges. You know, with, with Amazon right now and with a lot of companies, um, just the, the turnover is so much. So with, you know, working with Walmart, you know, they – they had their culture on the shift already set. I was just, you know, maintaining, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here now with Amazon. And when I worked for Azula, it was the same thing. Our turnover was so high. You were constantly having to set and maintain your culture. And that's, that's, I, I want to say that's tougher to do just because you're constantly having to reset. Like I know in the area uh, that you work in, that we work in, uh, you know, we, we've hired, you know, 60 people in mm-hmm. the course of, you know, two or three weeks. So now it's repeating the same stuff that the people that have been there for a year have heard 30 times. Yep. But now you have to re-level set and just make sure that you're, you know, you're staying consistent. Yep. So both just each has their different challenges. Each has their different, you know, nice things about the shifts. That's fair. Yeah. And even like, cause I mean, you went up to flow for a little bit. Like I feel like the doc, I mean, you were down there last weekend, but it's probably a totally different show in yeah, the last it, month. And absolutely. And it's going to be, but that's just, that's nature how the business the, yeah, yeah. and that's nature of the business. And that's just how it is everywhere right now mm-hmm. is, you know, people have options, you know, a lot of, a lot of places are paying very well. Amazon pays very well. Um, but you know, it's a lot of people have options and it just depends on what you want to do and where you want to go. Especially in Columbus right now, mm. there's just so much fulfillment type jobs, uh, in our area that just makes it, you know, you have to be on your game from pretty much from minute one to keep the people you have and then develop them and show them what they can do with whatever company they want to go to. That's fair. Yeah. It's definitely challenging with that, especially just new people all the time. Like, I mean, whenever we would get the hires of, like, five, I'd get their names down right away. I'd walk around, talk to every single one. But whenever they threw 20, it's like, I'll get the ones I can, yeah. but. 
and it's and it's always tough. And you know, I've always felt that you know honesty uh, was the best policy on that because I used to tell them, you know, I'm terrible with names, awful with remembering names. So I would always, you know, tell them during the onboarding class, like, listen, I am very bad with names. Do not take it personally. If I just stare at you and blank out for a second, I'll know who you are, but I won't be able to tell you your name. So just casually just, or I will openly just try to look at your name badge until something clicks. Um, Mm. But yeah, but it's definitely tough. You know, you have 40 brand new people in a week and then you've got 30 the next week. Yep. So you're still trying to learn the 40 while learning the 30 at the exact same time in an area that's massive where you're not going to, you only see the group as a whole one oh, or yeah. five minutes at a time. Yep. So it's tough, but it's how it is. That was the one thing I think I really took for granted up in the pack departments where I could just look at the computer and see they're on this station, yep. this name lines up, but down on the dock, I'm like, I forget it was like one of my first weeks, Nick and I had to find someone. They're like, I think that's who it is. And my mind's like, why would you get that confused? Like, oh, shoot, that's right. You don't have a pack station to yep. work off And there's of. just, there's, there's so many people. They're coming in and out and they're just everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, no. But uh, so going, because you mentioned that you used to be like on a front half day. Uh, you have, you're married and have a kid. So why stick around on back half nights? The, darkest most weekendest shifts that you can have so it's funny I, I i get this question a lot um so one our schedule is three on four off so i will always take an extra day off mm. even though sundays for me is pretty pointless because you just end up sleeping half the day and then getting up but still three days off is cool yeah um but with us it's you know my my daughter she she'll be three in february she usually gets up about eight o'clock in the morning. She usually goes to bed between seven thirty eight o'clock at night. So if I was working day shift where I was going in at six and not getting home until seven, I would, you know, just never see my kid. Mm. Which some days is fine, not having to see her because mm. she sucks sometimes. But <laughs> uh, you know, working nights, you know, I'm able to, you know, if my wife is still, you know, tired, I'm able to get her out of bed, get her breakfast, you know, kind of hang out till nine, ten o'clock. My wife comes down, I'm able to go up and take a nap before into work. So I'm able to, you know, working the schedule that I'm working, I'm able to, you know, spend a decent amount of time with my kid every day. Um, and plus, I think everybody should do a time on night shift, mm. uh, not to go too much inside baseball. Uh, with Amazon, uh, you learn, you just learn how to run the operation better on night shift. You don't have the resources, so you kind of have to rely on yourself. So everybody should do a shift on nights. And then plus if I do my time on nights, when I actually finally go to management and I'm like, Hey, I'd like to go to days. They can sit there and look at me and know that I'm serious. Like, you know, hell Andy's done, you know, three, four years on night shift. Let's just, you know, he's right. We should move him to days. Mm. So, but for now I'm happy with my schedule. Yeah. So. It's like, hey, I'm not going to talk to anybody on the weekends anyway. And that's my so. thing. Like, I, again, like I'm, I'm 35 years old. I'm married. I have a kid. I'm not really going out Friday, Saturday nights, anyways. I understand what it's like. I, I empathize with the, you know, the folks on our shift that are younger, that, you know, are single, trying to date. It's hard to go on a date on a Tuesday night. I imagine. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I haven't dated in a while. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I completely understand the. You know, the, the want by our shift is so undesirable. But for me, and I've talked with, you know, Ted about it before. You know, Ted's pretty much in the same boat as I am. He's a little older. But, like, I can go out and grab a beer as easy. You know, just going to a quick bar down the street is easy on a Monday night as I can on a Saturday. Mm. So I'd rather just work my shift. 
just come and do your thing and go home and then right? leave. I don't have to deal with anybody, which is typically nicer. <laughs> that is the one thing that I kind of find surprising about our shift. Like, I feel like not that I thought that people wouldn't be chill, but you would think, oh, it's night shift. Everybody's going to be like high strong or like something. I don't know. But I feel like it's the opposite, you know, like our shift is like the most chill, right? So, and again, not to go too much into inside baseball on ours, but we just, we've got the most consistency. Which is surprising because mm-hmm. it's just you and me left uh, from when we launched the building. Yeah. But this is where culture setting uh, that we talked about earlier really gets set up. Is you know, Scott and Dave and Charlie mm-hmm. and Ted set a good culture mm-hmm. from the beginning. And we've just done a good job of keeping up with that. And the folks that have joined our shift uh, have done a good job of acclimating to that. We just have a good team. Yeah. And I think it's and a lot of that is, you know, and this is night shift mentality. I've been on nights. It'll be two years with Amazon. I was on nights for two years with Zulily. I was on nights for a year uh, when I was leaving Walmart. Um, it's just you. It's just you. Like it's just you and your team. Mm. So if you guys don't get along and you don't, you know, one team, one dream it, uh, you're definitely gonna struggle. So I think mm. we've done a good, a better job of that with our people mm. than other shifts have done with theirs. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not on their shifts, but you know, yeah. RT, I'm going to be biased and say best half nights right there, right? It is. Yes, you're right. Right. All right. Uh, I'll just throw a few leadership-like questions in here because why not, right? Okay. You've been doing this for a while. So define leadership. Define leadership. Oh, God. Um, uh, you know, leadership for me is facilitating everyone on your team towards a common goal. So there's an education principle called constructivism, uh, which God, I'm reaching far back into my college for this. Uh, so constructivism is, you know, working together to, uh, you know, build what you want to do. So that's how I just imagine and how I kind of treat leadership is if I'm looking at somebody that I'm working with, or, you know, trying to train is what is your goal? How can you and I get there together? And then me in a leadership role kind of, you know, facilitating and pointing you in the direction and helping you get there to where you want to go. There you go. All right. Sounds good to me. What is a common mistake most managers make in their first year? Okay. So setting boundaries i think is one of the biggest things like from a relational standpoint yeah i mean so a lot of you know a lot of newer managers that we're getting are going to be right out of college so this it's not an internship you know going into like you've done graduated you got your paper Mm -hmm. this isn't an internship thing this is a job thing so establishing from the outset that you know and you don't have to come in there and you know and measure and swing Uh, but you definitely have to, you know, set that, you know, expectation with your team that, you know, I am, you know, this is my show. I am the boss, you know, you and I can work together, but there still needs to be that separation between, you know, associate and manager and a lot of younger, I struggled with it earlier on, um, you know, just making sure that you're establishing that, you know, we've got, you know, kids coming in right out of college, 22, 23 years old. I mean, shit, you're nine. So yeah. I'm sure you had that same issue when you were over at CMH1. You had people that had been with the company for a while. So people that, people that were your age that looked a lot like you. Yeah. But making – I mean, it's, it's tough for some people to go in there and establish uh, that. And then that's where a lot of people get into trouble. Like we had the statistic last week, you know, 
60% of managers in their first year flame out. So yeah. it's and a lot of that is, you know, flame out to get fired, you know, not understanding policies, you know, not understanding, you know, the role of their job. Um, and a lot of it is, especially coming to Amazon, and I'll use a kid I worked with when we launched the building uh, as an example. He didn't know what he was signing up for. So he thought it was going to be an, yeah. So sorry, Wade mouthed the name to me. Uh, so yeah, so he thought it was going to be a, co- you know, he thought it was going to be a computer office job. And I learned very quickly, you know, even before we launched the building, that it was going to be a problem hmm. because he just, he didn't get it. He thought it was going to be, you know, just moving things around a computer and not having to talk to 60 people a night and hmm. making sure they're happy and safe. Um, so that would be probably the biggest thing, you know, first year. One, not understanding the, the scope of your role, and then two, not being able to establish yourself. That's fair. What are the skills or most valuable skills someone would need to get ahead? The number one skill, and especially in our profession, uh, and just really in general, is having people skills. So you'll talk to anybody, you know, in, in the upper levels of any company, and they're going to say, um, you know, our, at, at the rudest form, our job is moving boxes. She's moving one box into another box, into another one, <laughs> into another one after that, and then into somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not moving boxes. It's moving people, which sounds so cheesy when I say <laughs> it out loud. But that's what it is. I mean, if you – your team doesn't have to like you, but your team has to know that you're there for them. Like I've got – I have a number of associates that probably can't stand me. Mm. But they know that if they ask a question, they're going to get an answer. And whether they like it or not, they're still going to – you know, they're going to be heard. So, um, yeah, just move people, just talk to people, just make sure that they know that you're there for them and, you know, just be fair and consistent. So that's, that's the big thing. It's mm. just talking to people. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, what's like, I didn't even type this one. This is just a spur of the moment. What's like your general, like engagement strategy? Like you walk around or just like, what is, whenever you come into work, like, how am I going to talk to people today or something? It's probably natural by now. It is. I mean, and that's, uh, that's a lot of the, the, the where my, my background, where I went to, you know, what I went to school for teaching, you know, has definitely helped me with the engagement portion of our job. Um, and just, I'm just genuinely surprisingly outgoing for how introverted I feel sometimes, mm. but engagement for me is just, it's easy. Um, and I, I'm lucky with that. A lot of people do struggle with that. But seriously, just going up, hey man, how you doing? How was your weekend? Cool. I mean, that's that's really just what it is. And then making sure, you know, I, I walk around with a notepad and a pen. So if I have somebody that comes up, hey, I got this question, jot it down, and then just be honest with them. Like, listen, I do not have an answer to that one. Uh, please circle back with me because I will forget. <laughs> uh, but when they circle back with me, I always have a you know, always have an answer for them. Even if, again, even if it's not one that they want, as long as they have an answer and feel heard, you're going to be okay with that. So that's, that's my thing with engagement is it's not just, Hey, how you doing? It's making sure that you follow up. Hmm. So, and that's where a lot, again, that's where a lot of newer managers or, you know, tenured managers struggle is the follow up portion of it. Cause hmm. anybody can answer a question or anybody can field and do the active listening where, you know, you shake your head and you make eye contact, but it's making sure that you follow up is going to be the biggest thing. Hmm. Fair enough. What would be the worst piece of advice you've received? Okay. Worst piece of advice. Um, we're talking professionally, relationship-wise, or, you know, just in Let's general. just go down the list, you know. We got time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Want to start relationally? 
relationship i guess this kind of factors into both of them is um i had a i had a boss uh when i worked um when i was actually i was a store manager uh he told me you don't always have time to explain the why and Hmm. that that struck me at the time of well that's all that matters I'm surprised someone actually gave you that advice. All he is, right. So he is no longer with, uh, so this is fun. So he was a, a store manager for a Sam's club here in town. I, God, I really hope he's not listening to this one, but that would be hilarious. Um, he, he's no longer with the company. Uh, he got demoted to area manager and then shortly thereafter fired, but it's easy to see why now, uh, you know, having done this for a little while, but yeah, just, he had told me, you know, it's, there's not always time to explain why. And at the time, I, you know, being newer to, you know, being a, a store manager for a Sam's, you know, at Christmas time, I, you know, I, I thought about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. You know, sometimes it's just, it's busy and hey, I need you to go do this and just go do it. And then once I, you know, started thinking about it more and more and as I'm going forward uh, with my career, um, the why is the only thing that matters is, and you can explain why in six seconds. Hey, I need you to do this because, mm-hmm. and then oh, hell, it gives the person that, you know, is doing it ownership and also makes, like, the person that you're telling, it's showing them that you know what you're talking about. Mm. So instead of, hey, I need you to go do this and then running away, well, why? You know, are, are you just making that up? You're just giving me busy work? So, yeah, I actually had somebody tell me it's, you know, it's you don't always have to explain why, but I, mm. you do because that's the only thing that matters. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Huh. I'm surprised someone actually gave you that advice. Yeah, that was, again, in retrospect, it's easy to see how his career went the way it was going. And that also, uh, you know, does go into relationships where, you know, explain why things need to happen (laughs) with your wife and with your kid. So, Mm, yeah. Fair enough. All right, Andy, this has been a great conversation today. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to come and sit I down. enjoyed this thoroughly, yeah. Mr. Kaiser. Hopefully you can get me a sticker from my laptop like you have on yours. Okay, all right. I think I might have someone laying around here. So nice. uh, last two things I always like to finish up with this. If you have one final piece of advice from this dis- discussion today or maybe just life in general, what would you what would you say that advice is? If you're not happy, find what's going to make you happy. That would be my big one. Hmm. Just everybody has options. You're never too old or too young to do anything you want. So go go hmm. find what makes you happy. Sounds good to me. Do you have any uh, shout-outs you'd like to give to anybody? Uh, to anybody listening, hi. <laughs> I, got, I mean, I, I, I shouted out a couple shout out a couple of my teachers. Uh, my wife, Bailey, might listen to this at some point. So hi, Bailey. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you, Andy. It's great having you here. Thank you, Wade. Have a good night. Thank you as well. And thank you, audience, for listening. And well, like always, have a good day.